Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's go hour number two on a Tuesday. Chad and Zay with you. I'm Chad Hastings. Isaiah Collier is here. He called some high school playoff action last night. We'll get into that in the flex segment coming up at 1.30 as Buta Johnson advanced like we told you they might. They were certainly the favorite in that game. Vandegrift put up a bit of a fight, but Buta Johnson's pretty damn good. We'll have Zay break that down for you coming up. We're talking... uh, Certainly basketball as Texas gets ready for Iowa State tonight, 8 o'clock here on the Horn. Texas baseball also uh, in action at 5 o'clock this afternoon. Both those games are at home, so if you want to get over to the 40 Acres to check them out. We're also talking college football. We'll get back into that discussion, uh, including you know conference realignment and all that stuff. Real quick to finish off on the crap bag discussion, thanks to our listeners who let me know. I went right by it at number 12. 12 is the CW. Is what they're saying on Spectrum. Yeah, you got it. See, I mixed that up. I thought that's where it that it isn't twelve KBVO or seven is KBVO. Not seven is KBVO. That's what I mixed those two up. Okay, yeah. so twelve is the CW. So if Live Golf throws something on, that's where it will be on my TV. And then we're also being told that I was right, and this, and you were right too, Zay. That the feeling of the way it should be at the Masters, if you have the exemption to the Masters, then you're able to play. It's a matter of do you want to play. I think maybe it was last year Phil didn't want to show up or maybe he was coming off an injury or didn't want to deal with the madness of it or whatever. Mm. So Phil, Dustin Johnson, and then Kepka would possibly have – I don't believe – I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. I don't think Kepka's won the Masters, but he would have the exemption from winning another major recently. You get like a five-year exemption, I think, at the Masters when you win another major in a certain time period, Patrick Reed has won the Masters. So I'm hoping all those guys get to show up for those events. Let PGA and Liv fight their fights outside of that. But I'm with you. If you want a green jacket, they if you've won a green jacket, they say you can come back until you can't do it anymore. Yeah, this is Augusta. Come on. Yeah, as long as you can. It's like somebody said, as long as you can show up and walk the course twice. You probably won't make the cut if you're super old. But if you can walk, if you can show up, and walk that course twice, they'll let you play Thursday and Friday. Then if you're good enough, they'll let you keep playing. All right. So we'll see. Uh, but Live Golf is trying to crank it back up this weekend in case you care. Uh, we hit that in the crap bag, but we are also talking college football. There's a lot of different angles on college football uh, to hit today. One of them, Zay, is one I'll admit I just hadn't seen this story updated, but anytime Nick Saban changes offensive or defensive coordinator – we all kind of pay attention to it. And, of course, folks around here, like you, Zay, other Longhorn fans listening, heck, me being an Aggie fan, they're still on the schedule. Are they still doing that next year? Right? Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, hoping, I'm hoping they come off the schedule at some point, uh, at least for a couple of years. But anybody who's got Bama on the schedule, you're going to wonder, 
uh, who those coordinators are going to be. We already knew the D.C. was Kevin Steele back at Bama again for another run. Kevin Steele is a well-traveled coach. Spent that time at Auburn. Uh, He was recently at Miami. So he's back running the defense. And then I just saw today who he picked on offense. Tommy Reese. He went to Notre Dame to get his offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese, who's been calling plays for Notre Dame, depending on how you look at it, for a few years. Now, those that know Brian Kelly would maybe tell you, it's kind of like the Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy thing. Yeah. Who's really calling plays? Yeah, who who are we going to give the credit to? Okay, yeah, we know who. For some reason, I put Brian Kelly and Jimbo Fisher in that same category of they're so controlling over an offense that you can tell me somebody else is calling the plays, but I'm not sure I believe you. So I'm going to still think Brian Kelly was calling a lot of those plays, but Tommy Reese certainly was. Uh, last year as as you know Freeman was getting things started so now he's going to Alabama so the thought Zay among some football people is that uh, Nick Saban may be trying to go back in time and win championships the way he did at Bama like early 2010s like the way they beat Texas that night yeah control the game on the ground and it's interesting that that would be his reaction to watching Georgia right now because that's not exactly what I see with Georgia. No. I don't think Georgia's trying to beat – like, is he looking at Stetson Bennett and Todd Monken calling Stetson Bennett and thinking, oh, that's all that is. They're just managing the game. They're just managing things and playing badass defense. That's, no. that's what we need to do. No, Stetson Bennett got invited to New York because he was putting up numbers. Yeah. Now there's a ton of five stars around him from every single position, tight end, offensive line, running backs, wide receivers that made life easier for Stetson Bennett, which Alabama, with them and Georgia being number one and number two and recruiting ranks every single year, each in and each out, I get trying to think that way and go that route, but... Yeah, I, you know, if they can find those running backs, which they've had some of the best running backs of the last decade plus, go to Alabama, then maybe they could get back to that. But it all goes back to that defense that Georgia had, some of the best defenders, all those guys going in the first round, 2022, now 2023. They're probably going to have about five guard, uh, five guys drafted. That's why Georgia's had the success these last two years. So, yeah. yeah, even though, you know, Reese is over here and that might be a good pickup to some. I know a lot of Alabama people did not like that with Bill Bryant leaving. Getting back to that old school style, it might work. But if you don't have a good quarterback, then does it really matter at the end of the day? Well, and, and Reese is on the younger side of coordinators, if I'm not mistaken. Like, I'm going to look up Tommy Reese. I'm, I'm going to guess Tommy Reese is... No more than 45? That's going to be my guess. I think he's 50. Oh, wow. How old is he? Do I have this right? Yeah, we're both way off. We're both off? He's 30. No, that can't be right. He's 30. Wow. Yeah. American football coach, former player, current offensive coordinator at Alabama. 30. So definitely on the younger side. See, I was making him a little bit older than that, but I thought he was on the young side. So what I'm reading about him is, and if you follow Notre Dame, please you can give us a thought on kind of what you think Tommy Reese has been. But the the resume thing for him is supposed to be that he will adjust it to his guys. And, of course, at Notre Dame, there's always a fascination with me of the play callers and because there's certain challenges and 
and sort of barriers you have at Notre Dame that you don't have anywhere else. The academic stuff, getting guys into Notre Dame, and, and everything that that, that being takes independent. Into yeah, right. Being an independent, just everything that goes into it. So they say Tommy Reese is very moldable that way, flexible, modular. He's not a guy that says this is what we do and that's it. So maybe year by year, Nick Saban can look at it and say, "All right, my defense is this good. So here's how much I need the offense to really help us out. If I've got a two-alike guy, we'll go that way. If I've got a Bryce Young." that can light it up, will go that way. But if I need to go more, pardon me, fellas, if I need to go more McElroy McCarron, <laughs> we can do it that way too. Yeah, We can have it be a little, you know, a little more uh, take care of things than, uh, than that. So Tommy Reese is the guy at Notre Dame. In case, you had, in case you're like me and you had missed that story until today, Tommy Reese calls the offensive plays. Kevin Steele's the defensive coordinator, but – Back to the discussion about offensive guys. We all know that deep down Nick Saban might be calling a lot of defensive plays for Alabama. Yeah. Because that's his side of the ball, specifically the defensive backs. So Bama and Texas, of course, will get after it in Tuscaloosa this year, correct? Yeah, yeah. Going up there. Yeah, the return engagement in Tuscaloosa in week two. Yeah, I'm still so mad at that game. I've been seeing a whole bunch of Bryce Young clips because drafts coming up and stuff, and they always show – that Ryan Watts missed tackle where Bryce Young ducked under him because he's already five foot four anyway, so he didn't have to get that low that others would have to do and break off for that first down that was to seal the game. Yep, that was brutal. And that became, in a way, it becomes the more brutal play because even though they, you know, in a lot of people's opinions, mine too, they screwed up that play in the end zone, it doesn't matter if Watts makes that play. Yeah. It wouldn't matter. You could just move that play away. Yeah, uh, Ryan Watts, he had a really good season, so I hate that we think of him in that light. But oh, yeah. just the way it goes, ask Joseph Osai and, oh boy, James Bradbury. Ask those guys about legacy. Yeah. I thought you were going to mention another guy. I'm not even going to mention him now. <laughs> no, 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 you no, got no, to. No, no. You no, got to no, now. No. You no, got to now. No. Because if I mention him, Texas fans are going to get on me for mentioning him, and I'm not going to do it. Somebody's about to text it in like 12 seconds. I swear. Is he a current coach on the staff? <laughs> you see? You see? You see where you're dragging me to? You see what conversation you're dragging me to? Oh, man. Come on, man. All right, so uh, college football-wise, we're also discussing today a little bit of where college football is headed in terms of you know conference realignment and stuff. Um, this last text, Zay, when somebody is texting in about as the deals dissolve, as the conferences dissolve, then the agreement for the CFP will dissolve, that just freaks me out. That, that gets me scared as a fan. I just hope that's not where all of this is headed, and I hope the Pac-12 can figure something out. But we were discussing earlier some of these little, these little details, and I'll connect a couple of, of stories here. I just saw that the new schedule is out for the American Athletic Conference this year. So the new ACK. In 2023, I'm not going to go over all the details, obviously, because I want you all to keep listening, uh, but it is the, this is the conference where the new members of the Big 12 are moving out, Cincinnati, Houston, UCF, and then, of course, adding BYU as well. 
But then new members are coming in, including Rice, North Texas, and UTSA. They are going to join. But another team that's already in that conference is SMU, which leads us back to this Pac-12 discussion. Apparently, George Klyovkov and his people in the Pac-12 made a visit to Big D to talk to the red, white, and blue folks at SMU. Zay, a lot of national folks are seeing that as a desperation move for the Pac-12. It is. It's desperate, and it's because the Pac-12 is desperate. Like, they understand that if they don't get this deal in, whether it's with ESPN or Amazon, a lot of people are going to be leaving. And, you know, for a desperate conference like they are, to go to Dallas, which is a really big market and the school we talked about earlier, like SMU, that does have money, even though, you know, they're not looked at as the big time athletic program. They're getting better, but, you know, they're not what they were when they had, what, Craig Davis, Eric Dickerson, those guys. So, no, it's, no. Uh, you know, Craig, Craig James, James. Craig, yeah, Craig James. James yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think the Pac-12's mucked. I, I really do. I think they're once UCLA and USC left, it's just been a matter of time of when they're gonna be reeling and just trying to make these desperate moves like a SMU, and they won't be able to get in these deals because nobody's gonna think it's worth it. Nobody's so, gonna think watching Oregon versus yeah. Washington and Washington State, and you know even Deion Sanders. Like that's as big of a move as that is. We don't know how good they're going to be. We know Dion's going to get talent, but we don't know how good he's going to be as a coach. So are you in this group that is thinking about, instead of thinking about what's added to the Pac-12, are you thinking about who's going to grab these last remaining teams? Like, Do you think that Colorado, Utah, and the two Arizona schools to the Big 12? Is yeah. that is that where you think we're headed? Yes. That Brett Yormark's going to end up with his own conference of 16? Absolutely, especially if Oregon and Washington leave. Man, that, hey, then Pac-12 would just be over with. I, as far as today's discussion, I can't think of anything more important to me and more alarming than where Oregon and Washington would go if they go. Because them going – so that would make 18 if they went to the Big Ten. That's where we're headed? An 18-team Big Ten? Yeah. Forget about the math part. Forget, I'm not being OCD there. I'm, those people kind of bug me. We're way past that, right? But they call it the – no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. It's just at some point they got to stop. At some point they have to stop. Now, maybe they'll just turn to me and say, we will, Chad, at 20 or 24 Yikes. or whatever. So are they planning on or – or, or are they planning on adding teams and then cutting stuff from the bottom? Are they going to bring in Oregon and Washington and then look at Rutgers and Maryland and say, hmm, yeah, do you really belong in the Big Ten and move on? Or yeah, I don't know how that all is going to work, but I think those two teams are really important. I'd love to see them stay put. By the way, why can't Klyovkov just call Boise and Colorado State? Wow. Colorado State. I mean, Boise's been an easy one for me for a long time. Right. Boise should be in in a conference west. I like the Boise BYU idea until the Big Twelve did what they did. But like Boise and Colorado State, you grab an in-state rival there. Those teams plus what you got. No TV networks paying for that. Like TV networks are paying for Colorado State now. 
TV networks pay for whatever Boise's in now. You're adding them to a better group. And there's Dion at Colorado, and there's what Utah's been doing, and there's Oregon, and there's Washington. Apple Cups and Civil Wars and and Stanford and Cal still there, and that's that's not worth it enough for some network. Yeah, uh, I mean, we it, sometimes I feel like we get we get into these discussions, say, and we forget that these small conferences have deals. The AAC that I just talked, they've got a deal. The AAC has a deal, and the WAC has a deal, and the Mountain West has a deal. They do. They'll throw the logo on the screen. Welcome to ESPN's coverage of Mountain West football. What do we always talk? What what happens on Tuesdays? Mac, the Mac. The Maction, right? Because there's a deal there. So is it going to be less than the SEC's deal? Obviously. Obviously. Is it a reason to destroy your conference, though? That's where I would argue no. Put together something. Maybe that's what they're telling me they're doing here. Chad, we're looking at this Dallas thing. We know we don't get the whole market, but SMU gets us a little bit of that. They got that kind of westerny, southern vibe where we're feeling like we can connect to them from where we are, from our base in the west. And we can grab a little central time occasionally. We can do that. We do a little Colorado at SMU kind of a thing. We get a little central time zone. Where's UNLV at? Uh, that's a good question. Conference-wise, where is UNLV? Are they? They're not Mountain West no more. Hang on, I just pulled up. They are not in the new AAC, because I'm looking at all their teams, and they're not there. Yeah, I was going to say, are they Mountain West? Yeah, they're still Mountain West. Is that, wow. Is that what it is? Okay. Wow. Hey, by the way, the AAC this year, Zay, they are going to play, their conference are going to play uh, six teams from the SEC, six teams from the Big 12, and four from the Big 10. Damn. So somebody answered that phone. That's good. It's not bad at all. That's what we need. You were talking about scheduling earlier. That's something that needs to be figured out, too, as we move forward. Uh, if you have thoughts on it, the Specs text line is there, 337-3776. Pac-12, and do they have a TV deal coming up in the next couple weeks, months? That's kind of the next big thing. Also, in the next few months, we're going to hopefully hear about the SEC's plan on how to structure everything starting in 2024. They want to get that done by maybe April or so, uh, which would be probably a good idea. Up next, your Flex 30 segment, high school basketball playoffs cranked up last night. We've uh, got a couple teams, a couple teams. We obviously have teams in the area. Zay was at the Buta Johnson Vandergriff game. We'll give you a breakdown of that. Tell you about some of the games tonight as well. So stick with us. This is the horn. this one uh i don't know the name of it but i think this is the cure that's right yeah i was kept thinking there's a voice i'm recognized coming where is it there he is there's robert robert smith and the cure what's it called close to me close to me not uh 
didn't know the title there, but I did hear that voice. All right, The Cure, Bananarama, and Driving and Crying have all been on the show today. Lots of college football discussion um, out there, and we've had some ideas for the Pac-12 coming in. I really do think, now that we're just getting into this, if you pull up the Mountain West Conference, right now where the Pac-12 is with 10, they could get to 12 or 14 pretty easily, Zay. Boise and I like somebody's San Diego State idea. That's a great one. That's a great one. From my childhood, I would have wanted BYU and San Diego State because they had some good rivalries back in the day. Marshall Falk, Ty Detmer. They'd go at each other. And every time they did, we knew it was going to be 55-52. Right, right, Uh, right. It was always exciting. It was usually a Thursday nighter or a late Saturday. So if you went with those two, it gets you to 12. And then I'll add at least – you mentioned UNLV. If you added them, and what about Fresno State? I was just about to say that earlier. How about the Bulldogs? They, they'll throw some teams out there. Yeah. They've had decent teams over the years. Yeah, Derek Carr, just produce, Dante Adams, both those guys. There you go. They're producing good stuff. Um, so as I look at the rest of that conference, there might not be a lot of meat left on the bone after that unless you wanted to talk Wyoming or Nevada, Air Force or Nevada or stuff like that. But that's four right there. Two of those gets you to 12. Take take those four, pick the two you like, and move forward. Boise, San Diego State, plus all the other stuff. You're telling me no TV network would give you enough money? Like, I think they would. And then the champ out of that, or it may be Oregon or Washington every year. Okay, fine. The champ out of there gets to gets to be in. Yeah. Gets to be in. If Dion throws out an 11 and 1 badass Colorado Buffaloes team and they storm through the Pac 12, cool. Put them in the playoff and let's go. With UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten, that's one of the weirdest things because they kind of saw the writing on the wall. Like they were the main ones in the Pac 12, the main, you know, focal points there. So, except for the fact that they weren't actually playing good football. They weren't playing, yeah. Go ahead. They weren't yes. playing good football. Brand wise. Brand wise, right. yeah, yeah, for sure. So the fact that they said, you know what, we're going to go compete with the Ohio State, Penn States, and Michigans and just, leave y'all hanging, that says a lot to where the Pac-12 is going and where they knew it was going. That's one thing I have not heard discussed yet about what they do with Big Ten divisions now because they have an East and West, so those two would naturally add to the West – but now you're. They need to completely shake that up. You're weighted wrong now. No, they they need to completely shake that up. It's always a joke when Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State are always the three best teams in the conference, but only one of them gets to go to the Big Ten championship game to face Wisconsin or yeah. Minnesota. You think they need to do it like other conferences yeah. are doing it now? Yeah. Reset top two. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, we've been talking college football realignment because of this Pac-12 story that's out there. I'm going to read through the whole Pete Thamel article. Zay's already done that. We may get to some of that tomorrow as well. Thank you for your responses today. We get a different fans' attitudes on where this thing is headed um, and are they going to be able to you know, keep the Pac-12 together? Are they adding teams? Talking to SMU, looking at their different options. Uh, what are they going to ultimately look at? We'll find that out. Hopefully in the next few weeks, maybe there's something brewing. Maybe Klyovkov's got something in his uh, in his pocket the folks out west certainly hope he does all right uh let's get you the flex segment zay was there last night up in pflugerville watching two of the area teams in the playoffs we'll get his thoughts on that and tell you who's playing tonight 
Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right, Zay, one of the things I love about high school playoffs is how authentic it is, how real it is. It's not always great sports, but it's real. And sometimes you just think to yourself, "Eh, is this going to be a game? Let's see. Yesterday we said, can Vandegrift make it a game? It was all right at times, but in the end, Buda Johnson was better last night. Give me your thoughts from from courtside there. I thought uh, thought the Jaguars looked really good. Yeah, they did look good. Shout out to Jaime Sierra, coach for Vandergriff. Terrific season. You know, that team – they they play hard. They play oh, yeah, really no hard. Doubt. They no don't doubt. have as much skill as a lot of the other teams out here in Central Texas, but they play hard. You know, they play smart. They play together. It's just when it comes to Buda Johnson, man, they're a juggernaut. They have so many different guys that could put the ball in the cup. You know, Jackson Vandergaard, the point. We talked about it yesterday. Is Pops being a former, you know, NBA scout, and it shows all over his game. He... Basically, he was the reason why they broke it out open and they separated themselves and ended up winning by 20 because he took over that third quarter. He took a charge. That was huge. He had three big-time assists, like dimes. They were Coach Sierra's squad. They were in the 1-3-1 half-court trap, a lot like what you might see tonight uh, with T.J. Otzenberger's squad, Iowa State, when they play Texas. But in that 1-3-1 trap, Chad, you want to force the ball to get to the corners and the sidelines so you could trap it and get, you know, in bad situations offensively. Jackson Vandergaard, he was driving in between it and jumping on the other side and making that bullet pass diagonal for a couple assists. He had a nice full court pass, and then he had a huge three in the corner, and that was ball game. So if you have Quentin Hairston, which he looked 100% to me. He looked good last night. He looked good. Very fluid. Yeah, yeah. Everything looked good. That's scary for all the opposing teams that Buda Johnson's going to have to face because, man, when he gets going downhill, he has a football body. He has great control. You know, he'll be going full speed, and then once he gets into that lane, he'll slow his body down and use really good Euro steps and side steps to get around guys trying to take charges had a couple of really nice finishes last night and then Sam McKinney man he's just so athletic yeah, I don't think he gets the ball enough I mean there's not enough ball to go around <laughs> for their squad anyway because everybody has the green light like, they all probably feel that way yeah Phenom yeah. Buganzi he can knock it down Reese Martin's a good shooter Zariah Kincaid he can shoot the ball too so the 6'6 big man talk about just being athletic and skilled he had a dunk last night I thought his head almost touched the backboard on that dunk it was nasty so they're moving on to the next round that 21 victory last night was very convincing and yeah I think they're gonna be a really tough out for anybody else in Texas I agree with you they were fun to watch and uh, Vandegaard yeah those passes you're right that 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 sequence in the third quarter was so key uh finding Hairston the other guys like he did the other thing I like about Hairston is at the free throw line nails yeah Love to watch a high school kid just step up to the free throw line, and you can't put him there 
to try to deflect from the point. He's going to get his points a lot of different ways, and uh, I agree with you too on just the drives to the basket, the smooth, the smoothness of everything, the body control mm-hmm. as he's driving in. Kind of the we were just talking about Kyrie Irving and the body control when he goes to the basket. Right, it's those things of to, just to watch that uh, that control part of it. Yeah, for a high school defense, Harrison is just a problem. I know everybody has been bitching about the All-Star game and whatnot, and I agree, it was awful. It, mm-hmm. it was bad. But go back and just watch Kyrie Irving just doing those easy layups. Well, they're not easy. He makes them look very easy, and I know yeah. there's no D being played. It's some of the most skilled, crafty stuff you could ever see. Just The little spin he puts just on the that ball. Stuff like that. Stuff. The detail. It's like, Kyrie, what How, are you doing? How's Mark Eagram say the detail uh-huh. of Kyrie Irving? Like you said, the spin on the ball and right to left and mm. just ambidextrous. It's, just, it's so skilled. But, yeah, Quinn Harrison, he's terrific. And, you know, Charlie Hatch for Vandergriff. He had like 25 last night. Just, he was really good. He too. was good. Yeah. Just it, wasn't enough. And, okay. you know, when you go into the playoffs and to what you're saying about free throws, Chad, these neutral sites for guys, you never know what site's going to have that bad shooting depth perception. Yeah, like each that's place a great is point, different, too. especially when you move on to like the third and fourth round, you start to play in those smaller arenas like a burger center or... Yeah, so there's no wall there There's anymore. no wall there. Yeah. And that's completely different than what up. you're used to playing at yeah. your high school gym. That's a good point. That affects a lot of teams. I know it affected me when I played. I'm sure. Yeah, they talk. we always talk about that at the college level when you're going from the smaller arena to the big arena at the Final Four and you're trying yeah. to figure out depth perception and everything. Um, elsewhere on the high school uh, playoff front, congrats to Stony Point. We thought that team would be able to handle Anderson, and they did. 67-46. Stony Point moves on. Uh, if you're looking for scores and games coming up tonight, go. Check, you can check out flxatx.com. Westlake just got by Westwood last okay. night. Okay, Last second shot, Zay? Gavin Paul, what a huge shot off the glass, man. I love Gavin Paul. He has a great motor about him. He controls the game for Coach Lucero's ball club. A lot of the time, he'll probably be first team all district in 26-6A, and when they were down 43-44. He hit a nice shot off the glass. It looked like he called it too. It looked like a good day. It looked like he called it. I know, you know, people, Westwood fans would probably think differently, but hey, that's a big time shot. And it's all about advancing. It don't matter how you do it, pretty, ugly, good, bad, as long as you advance, that's the name of the game. But one question that I have, Chad, Uh Westlake, they were tied for district champs with Buda Johnson, co-district champs. How in the world did they end up playing Westwood at Westwood High? Wow. Oh, that was at Westwood's gym? Yo, Coach Lucelle, you got to get a better thumb on your coin flipping, dog. (laughs) I don't know what happened there. It's supposed to be neutral site at this point. Like, how did you get to that situation? Nobody could find a gym? Nobody could find a gym? Buda Johnson and Vandegrift head to Pflugerville, and you got to go on a road game? In the playoffs? That's not right. You can't have that. That's tough. You couldn't tell me that wasn't an advantage for the Warriors last say, night. You know, some people say Westlake gets some unfair advantages. Not last night. <laughs> I can't say that <laughs> last night. That is rough.
off. Yeah, we win our district and we got to go on the road for our first playoff game? Congrats. That's nuts. Congrats to Westlake getting by that one. Go check out the scores and some of the games coming up tonight. Apparently, Harker Heights is taking on my Waxahachie Indians tonight Good in luck. playoff action. Good luck. Waxahachie's 12 and 20 going into that <laughs> I game. I think the playoffs. Exactly. What is that? Harker Heights 22 and 8. I think I know who's going to be favored in that one. That's at 8 o'clock tonight, by the way. Also, shout out to the Lake Travis girls basketball team. They are the only girls program left in 6A in Central Texas, and they're taking on a badass team out of San Antonio. San Antonio Clark, from what I understand, Zay, can absolutely go on the women's side of things. Let's see if Lake Travis can keep up. They're at Lehman High School tonight. If you want to support Lake Travis, apparently they're going to need it because San Antonio Clark's one of the best teams in the state right now. Ah, that's what happens when you get to this point of the year. You're going to face some really good teams in the third, fourth round, but shout out to the Lady Cavs. Good job this season. Hopefully they can keep it rolling. Yes, sir. Best of luck to Lake Travis. 7 o'clock tonight, by the way, is that game over at Lehman High School. If you want to check it out, we do the flex segment for you every day at 1.30. Up next, where we at in society with Zay. Coming up at 2, back to where we are with college football. Pac-12 trying to make decisions. Who should they get? Should the Big 12 be going out west and grabbing teams. We've had fans uh, today on the text line that want to talk to Dion about Colorado coming home to the Big 12. We'll get back into all that too on the horn. Hey, what's up folks? This is your lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. By now everyone knows that my... percussion and then it all just stopped before we get into the lyrics it is tuesday i do not recognize this one say what you got yes yeah, the 70s you struggle with the 70s i do what we got i call my baby candy by the jaggers the jaggers yeah not familiar all right the jaggers yeah i've got a little bit of an excuse since i wasn't born till like halfway through the 70s I missed like a half a decade. Yeah, that's fair. Come on. That's fair. By the time it gets to 1980, I'm not even six yet. Yeah, we'll let you slide. There you go. There it is. All right. uh, The Jaggers, The Cure, Bananarama, and Driving and Crying have all been a part of the show today. Just checking in, Zay, for Thursday and the album discussion. Have you listened to Hysteria by Def Leppard yet? No. I start today. You start today? Yeah, start today. Oh, that means you're going to hear, before the end of the day, that means you're going to hear women. Dig that. Song just called Women? First song. First track. Would that song be appropriate in 2023? Um, My wife would say yes. My what wife I'm would asking. say yes. Nah, okay. Yeah, you're fine. All right. No, it's fine. It's like there's, I mean, there's like great historic and like what? biblical references to the literal creation of women. We're going way back. Okay. What's more offensive? The song Women by Def Leppard mm-hmm. or Tiger giving the tampon to Dustin Johnson? <laughs> what's more offensive? Ooh, I'm going to say 
Tiger, but you let me know once you hear the song. All right, I yeah, got you. You let me know. I got you. I will also be going back through that old Dirty Bastard album, Return to 36 Chambers, the dirty version. I'm just about done with it. I just want to go back over a couple songs and make sure I know what I'm talking about there. But there's some good stuff on there, and I like uh, I like the O part of ODB so far, the old, because I can tell he's got an old soul to him. Yeah. He's making references to like old, old songs, like, you know, classic standard kind of songs, referencing TV, referencing like a comedy skit at one point. Yo. Like he makes these, he, his, you could tell his mind was all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of the Wu Tang would always look at him and be like, how do you know this stuff? <laughs> He's a weird dude, but I like it. Yeah, how do I, you know like this old just you know Vegas residency type music from back in the day? Exactly. Like There's he, some, he knows some. He, he he was a unique individual. There is some old old references in there. I've enjoyed that. So we're gonna get into that Thursday at two o'clock and our album discussion. Right now we're each listening to albums that are a little bit out of our comfort zone. So I'll talk a little ODB. Zay will talk some Def Leppard on. Thursday. If you missed last week's discussion, you can go to the YouTube page, youtube.com slash at the horn Austin. Last week we were talking Method Man and Guns N' Roses. It was bizarre. Um, and uh, we had a good time. All right, coming up, uh, we'll get back into the college football discussion, trying to save things on one side, or for some people, just trying to blow up the right things and save the right stuff for big power conferences. Uh, some big, some important moments are coming in that discussion. Right now, though, Always important when we check in with Zay on where we at in society. Let's go. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, do I need to check Twitter today? Where are we going? Yeah, check Twitter so you know what the hell we're talking okay. about. Here we go. DK Metcalf just got tested, drug tested, because he was in the Celebrity All-Star Game for All-Star Weekend in Utah and dropped 20 and 10. Wow. Had about four dunks and also a crazy video of DK Metcalf has gone viral where he has a 87 inch looking vertical <laughs> catching right. a ball right, and me. it looks like he's on a trampoline okay, but there's no trampoline to be found. All right, so I'm just watching this video to make sure. Okay, this is him I'm assuming coming up the lane. Okay. Yeah, watch the video of him catching the football. I sent you that one. That should be the oh, first one I sent you. Okay. Today. All right, you're Watch not- that video. That video might be the biggest reason why he gets getting oh, drug tested. Oh, okay. You're not saying the basketball, though. No. Oh, oh, here it is. Okay. All right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I missed this. NFL will be drug testing after this. Okay. DK Metcalf. We're playing catch. He says, throw it up. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, Drew Locke threw that ball. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Gino would have put that on the money. Come Drew Locke, I don't think so. Come on now. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a doctored video. There's no way that's real. Come on, man. It's like the remember when Tom Brady did the videos where he was where he was throwing the ball like all over the place, knocking people down and stuff. I don't think that's real. Is that a Powerade commercial? Wasn't it Powerade? You ever? Because I remember LeBron had one Powerade where he's like or, shooting from full court and it's pure form. I Mike Vick has one where he's throwing it like two hundred yards. Yeah, I don't quite think. All right, and and one more time, I'm going to be a little detective detective-ish here, if I'm not mistaken. Right before, we're going to pan out 
Yeah, there's a little cut right before he jumps too. I feel like, I feel like there's <laughs> a little mean cut. I feel like there's a little cut on the video. There's a little a little blip kind of on the video. I don't know. That's funny though. If he ends up if he ends up with an NFL drug test off of that, that'd be pretty wild. Oh, they already gave him one. He is freaky. Is he good? Is he clean? I think so. Oh my god! If that's real, that's incredible. Yeah, and he shouldn't be in the celebrity all star game. Like, come on, he was playing way too hard. See, I didn't see that. I can't remember if we've talked about our. Are you entertained by the celebrity part of that Hell weekend? Because no. I've never watched it. No, consistently. The I don't... best part was Janelle Monae running around in shorts. Oh, I'm sure that was great. That was amazing, and she was great mic'd up too. Somebody yesterday was saying, "Hey, get rid of all the regular slam dunk and just do a celebrity dunk contest." And I thought I'd never watch that ever. I don't care who you have. Like, I guess if it's a DK Metcalf and you can show me a video and he's a little freaky. I mean, I guess I'll, I would peek in on that, but in general, I don't care about celebrity stuff. When Kevin Hart retired from it, that's when it became bad. Like, oh. he had about four years running. And he was good. And he was hilarious, just like Kevin Hart always is, and he was terrific. Yeah. But, yeah, somebody like DK Metcalf going for MVP when you're obviously a big-time athlete, maybe one of the freakiest athletes in the NFL – Clearly, you're going to dominate because you have some type of, you know, coordination on the basketball court. Yeah, that it's just there's there's a couple things going on on this video of DK Metcalf. Like when he gets to the top of his top point and the ball contacts his hand, pause that video and tell me it's absolutely <laughs> real. Come on, look how I mean. There's come on. I love. <laughs> I love DK, Zay. I love the man. But that vert is not – I don't think that vert is human. This is stupid bounce. I don't think that is a human vert we're watching. Do you remember when Kobe jumped over to Ashton Martin? Yes, on the that's, TNT that's show. That's the first thing I thought of. I think it was a commercial for Nike. Oh, that's I, right. I think it was something like a promo for Nike. It was You're- something with the – Hyper dunk shoe that Kobe was rocking during that time. I think you're right. And then he went on the TNT show with the guys to talk about it. Yo, That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, of. yeah. I was in high school around then. I knew some gullible folk. They thought Kobe jumped over Ashton Martin. Man. Because it's Kobe. It is Kobe. Yeah. A little bit of an effect there. Yeah. Just a little bit, maybe. Yeah. They can do a lot, uh, a lot with that. That's a great video, though. That is a great, great video. I need to, uh, I will make sure to retweet that. So everybody can see it, just in case you want to make your own uh, your own ideas on this. Wow! But the NFL drug testing them. Come on, it's the off season. I can't believe that actually happened. I thought you were kidding. Oh no, dead serious. I really thought you were kidding there. Dead serious. That like, he is put crazy. out uh, the tweet that he got sent from the NFL. Zay and I both retweeted that video. Uh, Zay is at ain't that underscore Zay. I'm at. C. Hastings 1049, the station is at the Horn ATX. Yeah, that one's a little weird. To me, that's like, you know, might be a little bit of when, you know, pro wrestling fans overreact about something they see and think it's real. That's one where I might tell the NFL, like, could y'all maybe reach out to your player first and let's double check that if that's really important to you? Hey, DK, that was a doctored video, man. Yeah, because they're basing it off of either that or. His celebrity all-star game, 20 and 10? Yeah, I would hope it's not off that. It's one of the two. Dude, you double-doubled in the celebrity all- <laughs> No. No, 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 no. Like you blocked Janelle Monet's shot in the stands, drug test. My concern there wouldn't even be drug test. Again, if you've paused that video at the top of his jump, my concern would be that he kind of got dropped out of a small building. DK, are you all right? You good? 
Your knee's fine. Do we need to get you, you know, you need to, do we need to call the Seahawks and get you in there just to a little check with the orthopedist? No, I'm fine. Good. And move on. I don't think we need to immediately go to drug testing. Yeah. And like somebody said on the Specs text line, his dunks weren't even that good. Yeah, I didn't. Again, they weren't. They yeah. weren't crazy. Like I've seen way. I've seen Jay Cole throw it down better than that. His dunks looked like a football player ducking the ball, all big and bulky. And right. You're coordinated, but kind of a bull in a china <laughs> shop, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It still dunk. looks awkward. Yeah. Like Hulk smash. It, it still looks awkward. <laughs> yeah. You know uh, that is funny that we can watch him do stuff that's so fluid on a football field, and you put him in a different arena, and it does look a little different. That's it's why I think people weird. people like the celebrity stuff because they do get to see guys out of their element. It's just not interesting to me. Yeah, only some guys are like that. Like they always show a celebrity, not celebrity, but a dunk contest that involved non NBA players, but other athletes. In big-time sports, like football and basketball, like I want to say Ken Griffey Jr. was in it and Deion Sanders. Like you go find clips of those guys dunking the ball pretty nasty. and I believe that, it looks especially clean. about Deion. Yeah, yeah and, they, and it, it all looks clean. You know, I mean, they're not doing like running starts or worrying about other people on the break and stuff. But, yeah, these guys are some serious athletes. Do I think DK Metcalf should have been drug tested? No. No. Come on, Roger Goodell. Do better. I agree with you. All right, Zay, somebody just won the text for the day. Are you ready? Here we go. Here it comes. Michael Vick has a doctored video of him just petting a dog. He's allowed to own them now, right? That is the best text we're going to get all day. At the beginning of things, when he got out, I believe there was an initial. Initially, he could own no dog. He could not own a dog at all. And now. It depends on the mutt. Correct. Now I believe there's a list of breeds that we would all understand. Pits, Rotties, Dobes, German Shepherds. There's certain dogs he's not allowed to own. Bulldogs, I'm sure. Um, what stuff like that? Well, because bulldog, fat bulldog, originally barely breathe. <sighs> yeah, <sighs> but why are Come they called? But why are they called bulldogs? Because they were bred way back in the day to do something called bull baiting, where the dog would fight a bull. That's why they're called bulldogs. Huh? So I'm. I would add that to the list just historically to make sure. So can Michael Vick own like a pomeranian today, or a Lhasa Apso, or a corgi? I think he can. I think he can. And he has done a lot of work for the ASPCA and yeah. and animal rights organizations, and he's gone out now and spoken out against that kind of stuff. So he's become the sk- not scared straight. That's not the way to say it, I guess. But you know what I mean. The the <laughs> rehabbed guy that has said, "Look, I was involved in all this. It was horrifying. I was the I was raised in that culture in that world. I feel horrible about it now. Don't mistreat these animals." That's kind of where he is today. How about Mike Vick being in those Beyond Scared Straights for dog dog fighting, showing up to people's dog fighting matches and telling them why this is wrong and getting them out the game? Yeah, That'd be I, deep. It would, but it'd also be dangerous. I don't know if I would do that. They'll probably. Why have, do you think he's going to relapse? He's not going to relapse. No, 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 no. Not dangerous for Mike. Okay. I'm saying not dangerous for him that way. Dangerous for him the other way. If he shows up at a dog fight right now. To like, help people. Right. I understand that's why he's there. Don't you think there might be somebody at the event that will not allow him to help? What you mean? I'm saying it could get really dangerous for seven really fast. Are you kidding? 
I'm just, I've never been to a dog fight, but I'm guessing there'd be people there that might not welcome Mike to the, to the event. Because now he's on the other side of the discussion. Come on. Yeah. The people that are real hardcore about dog fighting nowadays, I don't think they want to hear the discussion on the other side, right before the main event. They don't, they don't want to hear right before the- This is the, Mike Vick, though. The la- I get Two it. Million- Million, hundred million dollar contracts. Oh, I know. Two of them things. I know. Businessman. I know. I Lefty, one of the greatest we've seen. Just, one of the best talents we've seen, just, Virginia Tech. I just don't know how they'd react. I don't know. I do not know. He was something. He was something. Woo! Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, thank you for that text. It was both the cruelest and greatest text we could have ever gotten today. That's fantastic work. All right. Two o'clock hour coming up. We'll talk some college football. Why today matters on this Feb 21. We got a couple birthdays we can hit, including some birthdays for you nerds out there and for you lovers of good looking ladies. We got all that on the horn.